Missy, I literally have... It's like the grossest story to ever happen in my life. Tell me. Well, okay. No, like I'm not, know? I'm not even being drama about it. It's, it's so disgusting. And when it happened, oh, I felt Lord. so, ew. Okay. Do okay. Tell. I have to hear. So the backstory of this. Okay. Cause it's important. So I was going to the gym yesterday. Okay. Uh-huh. And so I'm like sporty spice going out to my car. Mm. Got a pep Honestly, in my step. You're the cutest when you work out. Thank you. With our space buttons, y'all. I love you. I'm going to sneak a photo next time we work out together of Nicholas's our outfit. (laughs) I literally picture Spice when she goes to the gym. It's sad because then when I leave, I'm just literally so sweaty and it's so disgusting. But anyway, so I'm like going to my car and I walk out of like the stairwell into my parking garage Mm -hmm. and I'm on like that little walk path that you have Mm -hmm. right when you walk out. And then there's this like thing on the ground. And I'm like, that must be like a a dust bowl of some sort or whatnot, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when I'm walking past it, I like choose to look. Of course. And it's like a tiny little birdie. And, but it's like a, a, like a colorful birdie. So it's not like a bird in flight. It's like a birdie buy at a pet store, which like breaks my heart even more. Cause I'm like, I thought you were going to say it was somebody's weave. That has, that has. the parking squirrel side note also there was one time i had a lingerie shoot and i accidentally left the skimpiest lingerie outfit i had in the parking lot and someone like placed it on the ground and like made it look really pretty (laughs) i'm like oh no i'm like they definitely think i'm up to some weird shit anyway so there's this bird and he's like dead and I'm like, oh, that's really sad. Yeah. But he's like in the direct walk path. Okay. Oh. And I'm like, oh, I wish someone could like move it. It's not going to be me, but I wish someone would. You know, I thought that went to the gym, came back, avoided the bird, avoided the bird the entire day. Life goes on. Mm. I get ready last night. I'm going to Javier's for dinner per usual. Mm. And I'm in my heels and I'm clacking out. Ew. Oh no. Ew. Oh, you already know where it's going. It got stuck on oh. your heel. <gasps> on my phone because I posted a selfie and I'm like, you know, oh my God, I posted this. I feel so cute right now. And I'm walking and I walk out and I'm walking and all of a sudden I hear spat and I'm like, oh, oh no. I thought I almost dropped my phone. Oh my God, another crack in my phone. It comes. I already know it. Oh my God, the freaking poor bird. You I accidentally on stepped on him. And you squashed him. <sighs> Guts and all. I had a freak out moment in my parking garage solo and I was like ew literally I've never I've never like killed an animal in my car I've never like done anything Mm. and it was on my shoe and I'm like oh my god I feel so disgusting I'm like I'm gonna burn in hell for this because I accidentally stepped on the dead bird I mean he was in the way did you take your shoes off oh my god I literally wiped him on the column and like just tried to do the best that I could because and then you and then you burn them cute blood guts were just on the bottom did you still wear them out you did I had to. It was part of the look. So you took. I just kind of felt a little more like Corella Deville for the night, you know, like extra bad bitchy energy and like, you know, like a savage way. Like I got Mm. blood on my shoe right now. But I mean, it's so sad. From somebody's neck. It's it's poor parakeet (laughs) bird or something. So it's not a pretty moment, but it's pretty fucking gross. That is pretty fucking (laughs) gross. Ew. It's a great way to start a Sunday afternoon. Shit. Ew, ew. Sorry, Jesus. Just two boss babes paving the way, and all we gotta say is don't call us pretty.
Hey guys, welcome back. This is Missy with the Don't Call Us Pretty Podcast, and I am here with Miss Nicola. Hey guys, how's it going? Happy Tequila Tuesday. We are here today with a special guest who normally we talk like crazy, well, not crazy things, but you know, we kind don't of. talk as much businessy type. And things. we need to. And we need to. So, because we're. Bus girls. That's right. Can't That's bus right. Um, so we brought on a special guest today who knows all the ins and outs of credit and building your credit and getting a mortgage yes. and a first time home loan and all that fun stuff. So Ms. Crystal Posky is with us today. Hello, everybody. I'm so excited to talk to you. I, I have so needed to, to talk to you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we have lots of questions um, and we would love for after the episode, if you listen and you do have further questions, because I know every Everybody's kind of on their own journey with their credit and building right. their credit or establishing credit. And um, maybe you have a question or two. Now she does obviously offer these services as consulting, but if there's a random question that spurs off of our conversation today, um, slide in the DMS, we can pass it along yeah. and see if we can come up with an answer for you guys. But, um, she's amazing. I've done work with her and she has been phenomenal and I'm actually buying my first home this next year. So yes. she has helped me get on the way to doing that and has given me some really sound advice on how to do that. Cause it's just, you know, me first time myself, let's first get time it home buyer. So, um, yeah, so I'm super excited to ask. We'll just kind of get into it. Well, before we get into it, Cause I'm just genuinely curious. Yes. How do you guys know each other? Oh, so we met. Is this a fun story? Yes. Okay. Is cool. this a fun story? Okay. Missy, I'm not sure. Um, well, yeah, I think so. Well, so it helped to get her where she's at now. Oh, yeah. okay. We are, so Crystal and I met in 2008, Seven. 2007, a 2007. Minute. Yeah. Um, yeah. 2007 at Ogle beauty school. No, stop it. Cosmetology. So you were at cosmetology. So you're yeah. cosmetology turned credit. Turn loan officer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I went from hair to finances. You know. That makes sense. Very weird leap, but I like absolutely. that. I mean, I don't do hair anymore and I did it for like a hot minute, y'all. So most people, when they find out that I did hair at any point in time, they're like, you used to be a hairdresser. And I'm like, like at a salon? Like, yeah. You had a like, a, yeah. a, a, I had a client and yeah, I had my own chair. Oh my God. Missy even did my hair at one point. Get out. Wow. It's a small world. Um, but hair wasn't for me. Obviously I prefer faces. So. <laughs> and she's great at faces. I do the faces yes, now, she is. but yeah. it segued me into the aesthetics world sure. and uh, getting my foot in the door there. So that was. So that. cosmetology school is kind of the leap into your, your, your Honestly, actual any career. Life. Any career. Yeah. <laughs> like what you're actually meant to do. Any yeah. strong woman, successful woman gets the jump from cosmetology. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Honestly. And we still talk to a lot of people from, we keep in touch with quite a few people from our class and yeah. David, that's how I met David. Oh my Shout out God. To my yes. We all were in class together. What? Mm -hmm. Okay. Wait. Mm -hmm. And honestly, what a fun class. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it, we no, like, are we here for hair or are we here to just like, you know, like gab about things? <laughs> honestly, it was party central afterwards. Oh, stop. So I love good. it. I did not partake in that. Yeah, she was married <laughs> and had, had her babies. babies. Yeah. I'm going to so. go now. Thank you. Yeah. I was like, can we hurry up? Because I'm ready to get this crap over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, listen, I just do my credit hours yes. and then I'm done. Yes. <laughs> Crystal was such a good student, y'all. I don't think she missed a single day. She finished she finished faster than I did. She I finished, finished in nine months. Yeah, she finished oh, like a 10 month right, Yeah. Like super. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. The You're girl right. did anything and everything to get the fuck out of there. So how long did you do hair? Five years. Oh man, for a minute. I yeah. did. Okay. I did. Uh, I worked in a salon for about 
10 months. Okay. And I said, I am not meant to be in this room with these catty bitches. Oh, so yeah. I started doing home hair. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I and built up a pretty good clientele. It was amazing. Okay. So. I learned so many things about life being there. And, and, um, I always just think of <laughs> Frenchie. Frenchie from Greece. Beauty school dropout. Oh Lord! What's the other thing that she says? Um, brush on, brush on, brush. Uh, <laughs> but isn't that a toothbrush or toothpaste? I don't know what it was, but it was funny as shit. That's my favorite part of it. that. And tell me about it, stud, which was Sandy. But oh, whatever. iconic I moments. That to Blair all the we time. can't bridge hair to Greece. We just can't do it. No, it's not not the same. Oh man, the, the groupies. Yeah, it's all I can correlate it to. You know, but enough about cosmetology school. So let's talk about. Okay, let's talk about the real. Let's start with about. Let's talk okay. first about you're like home loans and like you you're and then we can talk about establishing credit okay so crystal tell us exactly like give us a little rundown of all that you are able to help with i guess and then we'll go into everything okay tell us about like who you are what you do so i am a mortgage loan originator so I do home loans. I do refinances. I'm licensed for the whole state of Texas. I can do new construction homes with builders. And most likely you're going to look at pre-existing homes. So homes that are already on the market that are going to close within 30 days. Um, generally speaking, we're going to basically have someone pre-approve. We're going to do an application. Mm -hmm. We're going to start from the beginning. And when they do an application, then we're going to pull credit. So the application when you're trying to house hunt is usually step number one. Mm -hmm. So most people are going to start looking at houses. They're going to find a real estate agent and then they're going to pre-approve. I try to push people to pre-approve first. Absolutely. Before you look. So before you know what, you what look. to look for. Yeah. Yes. What price range. Yes. That helps with your overall budget. And some even listing agents don't even allow you to tour the homes. That's right. Unless you have a pre-approval letter. They want to know that you've gone through the lending process. Mm -hmm. So when we do that application and we pull credit, then we're going to start looking at the credit scores themselves. So when you pull the application, what kind of information is the person getting back? Like what are they going to find out about their credit uh, from the app, just doing the application itself? So when we pull the credit, we're going to pull the scores from all three bureaus. Mm -hmm. And then in the credit world right now, as far as the normal guidelines are, they're going to take for your qualifying score, your mid range, which is going to be the middle score out of the three bureaus. So when you have two buyers on a loan, so you've got a husband and a wife or a buyer and a co-buyer or a mother and a daughter, you're going to take the lesser of the scores out of the two buyers. So oh, savage. A that's lot of people why, don't know that. Yeah. That's okay. why some people, and I've heard people say this, that when they buy a home with their spouse, a lot of times in, oh. initially they only put one spouse on that because the Work other spouse's the score is going to bring it down. Yes. Yes. Okay. So yeah. it's always going to go off of the lesser out of the two buyers and the mid range out of those three scores. So for our listeners that, you know, you're talking about like the three different bureaus, mm -hmm. what are those so just got, so they can be like, huh? So when you're, people are talking about their scores, you've mm -hmm. got Equifax, yes. TransUnion and Experian. And the reason why they take the mid range out of the three scores is not all items report to all three bureaus. Right. So you may have an auto loan with mm -hmm. your current credit union and it may only report to one bureau. And then you may have a Capital One credit card and it reports to all three. So to be able to balance out those scores, they take the mid-range. Interesting. Got which it. a lot of people don't know that. And another tidbit, 
Credit Karma is a great tool, but it's not indicative of the scores themselves. So people, I've heard other people say that basically whatever your Credit Karma score is, they automatically deduct 50 points from that. And that's a more accurate score, I guess. Is that true? Oh, they fluff up your numbers. Is that what I don't know? Credit Karma only pulls two bureaus. So they're not pulling all three. Oh. And they don't report on a regular basis to Credit Mm -hmm. Karma. So a lot of times those scores can be a swing in either direction. Plus or minus. Because it's like a lapse time almost. I've seen them as high as 50 50 to 100 points over or under. So I always tell buyers it's a great tool to use. Just to get a ballpark idea of what you want your or what your score's at, I guess. That more for just movement on the report, mm. which kind of okay. gets us into, you know, if we're trying to change credit scores or increase credit scores, Credit Karma app will show you if you have any derogatory items pop up, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is another thing that we can, you know, we can use the Credit Karma app to help people sh- look, be watching the credit scores. Right. So we know when we need to start working on increasing scores. Okay. So what would be the most, I guess, ideal because I feel like they lowered the credit score, like, I guess, minimum to buy a house a few years back. I could be wrong, but I felt like that was a thing at one point. What to ideally, what would be the ideal credit score to buy your first home or to get a home loan? So minimum credit scores right now are about 620. Oh, okay. wow. Okay. Yeah. okay. So that's, she was thinking it was, and I'm like, no, I'm pretty yeah, sure it's lower. I thought for a decent mortgage, mm-hmm. you would want to be closer to like 740. So you've got credit buckets where your scores hit. Okay. So we can go down to 620 on certain loan programs. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be 580 a few years ago. Oh my God. But they, with, with COVID, they changed a lot of mortgage companies, changed their regulations. Mm-hmm. And now they've moved the score up to 620 for qualifying. Okay. Um, but so credit scores will have credit buckets. And so the higher the score the better your interest rates are going to be. Okay. So maybe it was more so that like yeah. to have a, yeah. a better mortgage. A better interest rate. Uh, yes. Right. Okay. Yes. And okay. the different loan programs kind of have different credit score requirements. Okay. So, and years ago there was talk about there being like, a few, there were so many programs for like first time home buyers, like the first time home buyer program, but then there was other things out there. Kind of what other programs or what programs are available for somebody who's um, wanting to buy their first home and maybe their credit scores like, I don't know, 675, just like, I'm just seeing like an average, like they're young and they want to, you know, start the process. What are their options or what loans, I guess, programs are out there for them to kind of research and look into? So first time home buyer programs, mm-hmm. there's Texas has some great grant um, down payment assistant programs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the ones that we use a lot is T-Shack. Um, they post rates and grant percentages on the um, Internet for everybody to kind of go and search. So you can type in T-Shack rates and it'll mm-hmm. pull up on Google. Um, they offer certain percentages of grants and then the interest rates are tied to that grant. Um, okay. minimum score on that program is 620 okay. and it's an FHA loan. So, mm-hmm. um, it, it based, it's based off of the percentage of grant that you want and it's tied to that rate. That's a great program. If you're looking to have assistance to help with down payment and closing costs. Got it. So you technically don't even have to have a down payment to get into a house. I mean, it's harder, uh, but you do because yeah. you're still oh. going to have earnest money that you're going to put okay. down yeah. to show good faith and moving forward. That can be though, as little as what? 3% down. So typically earnest money is going to be 
that's negotiated usually with your agent. Right. But so the earnest money is when you get ready to write a contract, that's what you're going to give, um, in good faith to show that you're moving forward and Mm -hmm. you want the house, Oh yeah, which is different than your down payment. Oh yeah. That's yeah. That's minimal, minimal, but minimum down payment. So if you're doing first time home buyer and we're looking at a conventional loan, right. That one's 3% down. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Mm -hmm. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I listened to a podcast recently, the skinny confidential. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I have. So they had a guy on, uh, who is the best-selling author of this book called like, I'm going to make you rich or something like that. And so they started talking about, which I thought was interesting, renting versus buying. And Mm -hmm. he was Mm -hmm. saying that it's better to rent than to actually buy. So I just want to get your opinion. I know Mm -hmm. like you're probably a little swayed to one side, but what is this? I was trying to figure out like the thought process he explained on the show in the moment made sense as to why you would want to rent. But then you think, cause he was saying, you know, for, I guess for many years, they kept saying real estate, real estate, real estate is, you know, how you invest your money. Mm-hmm. But he was going more from the angle of there's other ways to invest your money and it's without doing, having to do real estate and you can continue to rent and it doesn't like, I don't know. I guess he, you talked about the pros and cons, basically, obviously if, if you're buying and you've bought a home and something mm-hmm. breaks, the water heater breaks or whatever, it's eight grand out of your pocket. Whereas if you're renting, you have a landlord that takes care of these things. So you, can't, you went over those kind of basic pros and cons, right. but what are your, is there any reason why you would recommend renting versus buying? Or are you still, <clears throat> some people rent for the specific points that you just said, mm-hmm. they don't want to have to worry about maintenance and it's a lot easier for them. Maybe they're on contract work. So they're only in one spot for three months. So buying for them is not realistic because they're going to, they know they're going to be up and leaving. Um, And so with the landlord situation, they have the ability to call people to come take care of certain things. Um, I am a homeowner, so I do believe that real estate is a great great investment. Mm -hmm. It is a savings account for your money. A piggy bank. And with, with inflation continuing to you know, to increase, we're seeing, especially with the, um, appraised values going up in Texas, Mm -hmm. we're seeing an increase more steadily now on your equity than if you were to put that money into your savings account and keep it liquid, but not touch it. Do you feel as though the market being what it is now is going to stay this way for a while? I mean, I know like a few months back when you and I spoke, we weren't really sure. If Uh, you, if you follow market analysis, everyone says that because Texas is such a great state to live in and we have so many job opportunities and so many corporations bringing their headquarters here, if there is another housing slump in the country, it most likely will not be, we won't feel it here. Um, Texas continues to grow, continues to be one of the states that everyone wants to move to. And we're continuing to increase um, new construction homes mm-hmm. along with pre-existing homes because people are moving in and out still. And you're seeing, I mean, they're bringing all of these headquarters now to the state of Texas mm-hmm. rapidly and they're just continuing to come like literally by the day. So I'm in real estate myself, but we do apartment locating. So specializing more so in leasing than buying. Um, and it is interesting because even on the leasing side, they keep all saying, well, we're forecasting a crash. There's no crash. That's like going, so like you- it's not projected at all on our behalf. I, I'm, I'm power of positive thinking. Mm, and I yeah. think that the, 
more positivity we put out there, the more people will continue to be positive. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we're going to continue to do great things that I don't see a crash happening, mm-hmm. but I'm not a forecaster either. Yeah, that's true. I'm- so there for a while, things were crazy to where like people were buying homes without even doing inspections and putting like 50,000 over asking price or extra. Like, what do you think do you think that that's still going to be a thing that it's going to be still so hard to get into something because the competition or I guess the demand is so high. Is that still forecasted to stay or has that calmed down a little bit? It's starting to soften. Mm -hmm. If you talk to agents out Mm -hmm. there, they'll tell you the market is starting to soften. We're not like we were back in June where everyone is putting, you know, you've got 30 bids on one house with Mm -hmm. multiple offers and a hundred thousand to 200,000 over. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a good thing for both the buyers and the sellers because it opens up more opportunity for first-time home buyers to mm-hmm. be able to get into the market and put an offer on a house. Like, yeah, even have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with the inventory becoming available, you'll see it a little bit of a change. A level out a little bit. Yes. Well, especially when we're getting in the months now that you're getting closer to the holiday season and People things to that nature, you know, it kind of slows down a little bit more. It changes when yeah. the kids go back to school. It's crazy how that really does like play such a factor. And even mm-hmm. in, you know, like leasing apartments, that's the busiest time of year. And it's, you know, there's not that many people that are leasing apartments that have children, but it's the same, it's that same path. It's the ebb and flow. It is. And it's crazy how they, you know, are kind of married to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but for someone looking to get into their first home, how early should they start that process? Mm-hmm. I am a huge advocate as uh, as soon as possible, only because the application process is step number one. Right. And it really does. It's one of the scariest steps because it, it tells you. I'm really doing this. Like I'm really going to apply. I'm really taking that jump. I'm going to have my credit pulled. It's like a report card. It's showing you your grades that yes. you don't want to oh, see. We did like, mine. Oh no. We did mine last year because yeah. I was going to start the process right before the fucking market went through the roof and got crazy. Yeah. And even Crystal was like, just wait, like just sign another little lease and yeah. just wait. She goes, yeah. don't jump on it right the second. Cause yeah. I was going to do it right when the market was like oh, man, insane no. and yeah, people were like right lying out of the house. She's like, wait, just don't do it yet. But so I pulled my credit. I had already did my application and everything. For preparation. I mean, she, I did it through her and mm-hmm. she, it literally was like 40 pages long. It's so detailed. And I loved it because <sighs> it literally yeah, shows yeah. you everything you need to know, what you need to work on, what, where, like your accurate, accurate score is. And then how helps you just kind of plan for like what it is that you need to change in the meantime and then go from there. So I loved, I love doing it. I mean, it's scary because, you know, of course your credit takes a hit, but like, it's good. To, if you've never pulled your credit report, I highly encourage you to do it, to do so. Like you, you can definitely pull need to know. a free credit report. I think it's called freecreditreport.com, and mm-hmm. you can do one free one a year. That's going to be the most accurate report. I was going to say, and that oh, wow. doesn't actually negatively affect you. Correct. If you do. So a lot of people are like, Oh my God, I'm going to have my credit pulled and I'm going to, it's going to take a, you know, it's, it's going to go down. It's going to take a Ding dive. You. But really what happens is when you start having 10 inquiries because you're yeah. wanting to apply for credit cards at mm-hmm. stores and you, the Best Buy guys, like if you apply here, we'll give you 10% off and you say yes. And then you say yes to all of them. So once you start having multiple people pull your credit, you're going to see a hit. When I, when we did mine, I saw a little bit of a hit, but I don't think it was maybe more two than, to three. Yeah, points. I was going to say, I, think yeah. it was, I don't think it's more than five. It's points. like a soft hit, yeah. you know, when they're doing it for like a first time loan or um, any type of mortgage loan, it's not like a severe hit, which is it what everyone thinks that it is. Yeah. Um, but that, 
that the credit report with the application, that's the first step. step And that is going to help us really get a game plan because from there we can talk about pricing, Mm -hmm. monthly payments, Mm -hmm. cash to close, how much money you're going to need. And we can really line out the entire process from that moment on. So at this point, when they come to see you to start this process, they do need to have essentially their down payment set aside already. Not if we're just really wanting to get the game plan put together. Like okay, establishing so this is like, it. But this isn't like within purchasing within a few months type of thing. Because what they right. would need to have that already put together. So this is just like coming through with the game plan, see what they get approved for, mm-hmm. then figure up your 3 5 10%, whatever. Right. And that's what they need to save for. Right. To yes. Got it. And it is crazy. I actually, uh, one of my friends recently purchased a home and they tucked away 10% just for safekeeping. Um, kind of thinking that's what they could use as their, you know, down payment. And they were able to kind of work with the numbers of their mortgage. And make it work. They made it work where it was literally maybe a hundred dollars more a month, the, but they only had to put 3% down. Right. And I'm like, well, uh, <laughs> the math of things is just so interesting. <laughs> You're like, well, how does, you know what? Never mind. Great. Let's just go ahead and put the 3% yeah. down and you get the rest for home improvement, yeah. whatever you need it for. <laughs> I always tell my buyers, the minute you even think that you're going to start looking to buy a house, you Mm -hmm. go into budget mode Mm -hmm. and you, mac and cheese, maybe peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I hate ramen, but maybe it's ramen. And you really start to tighten those strings down so that you can get the house that you want. Counting your dollars. Absolutely. Penny pinch. Yeah. So you figure out what's important and you make it happen. That's good advice. It's it's never going to happen to me. I was going to say, that's a hard (laughs) one. I I can, I have been known to help people with their budget i'm great with the highlighter you print that out i like shoes too much that needs to be the next thing crystal needs to help me with is like sit down and like go through my bank statements honestly with that yell at us that podcast that i listened to he talked about that and was like basically like print your bank statements and go through and highlight everything that's not necessary my thing is like should I sign up for memberships? And it comes out. Did you spill on yourself? <laughs> I'm sorry. That just went right up my nose. She's so excited about She's the house buying drown. process. Uh, just a little swish. She's drowning in this credit info. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Honestly, I am drowning in it. I hear I'm going to be really poor for, like, my spending features. Mine's, <laughs> anyway. like, memberships and, like, things that auto-draft out of my account that I don't, like, they add up. Even though they're small at the time, they really, I need to go through and I need to highlight, like, the... The Netflix and the Hulu and the BoxyCharm and all the bullshit that like auto drafts. You're, out of my you're a, a person oh. for BoxyCharm? Look, I only signed up because they advertise <laughs> some really great. She's not wearing any jewelry right now. Isn't that what BoxyCharm is? No, it's makeup and skincare. Oh, uh, my bad. <laughs> so, Honestly, yeah. that's kind of what I thought it was too. <laughs> I'm going to need you to learn your subscription Is boxes. that what Kylie Jenner promotes a lot? And I'm just yes. like, you got your own makeup. Calm yes. down. Um, no, they advertised a really great box a few months back. Oh, my God. You were sold on one box. And I was like, oh, I'd use like four of those items. I'm going to go ahead. It's 25 bucks a month. What's that? Blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I don't think I've gotten a box that I love since. And you haven't canceled it and yet, I've, have you? I, I forget to motherfucking cancel every time. Jeez. And yeah. I get all this Missy. shit that I'm not going to actually use. See, and the sad thing is, Ugh. Crystal would be like, that's $25 that you could put towards, you know, your your budgeting for a house. And I'm over here, well, that's $25 you could put towards those Alexander McQueen sneakers you want so bad. <laughs> Honestly, the difference in people we're sitting My here. priorities are absolutely fucked. <laughs> Honestly, yes. We will talk about Nicholas, that like, later. You will still spend that $25, but I'm, you'll spend it on this. I'm just still banking that I'll just find a rich man and I'll just be like, well, I'll just move into your fabulous 
this mansion. Yeah. And, then I, and then I'm fine. That's another <laughs> podcast right there. <laughs> How to find a sugar daddy. Oh, man. And I can't do that either. So, yeah, I should probably start budgeting. <laughs> Damn it. So, that to be said. So from one spectrum to another. Okay. Cause like, you know, obviously you can, you can hear pretty quickly. Like obvious, I like buying things. Uh, so I've stayed very <laughs> far away from credit cards because my mom is like, don't ever get a credit card. You're going to go into debt and that's not a good place to be. So I've always used my debit card. I've just, you know, used my cash or my debit card and call it a day. And if I can't afford it, I can't afford it. And if I can, then I'm the first person in line going to Neiman Marcus. Um, but that to be said, so you probably you don't, don't have, have any credit. credit. I have no credit. So there are a few things that you can do okay. to get credit. Okay. So one thing is you can go to the bank and you can get a very small limit secured credit card, meaning it only has a limit of three to $500. Oh, so it's okay. small. Okay. Right? And it reports to all three bureaus and it reports on the same day of the month, every month. Okay. You consistently use that card. I always tell my buyers, it's not meant to charge all the way to the limit. So you spend $30. It's like your gas card, maybe. You Yes. You okay. charge gas and then you turn around and you pay the balance down to $10. Okay. I was about to say, so do I pay it off completely? Because no, that's no. the other thing is you want a consistent balance on there, but you want to consistently make a payment. Oh, okay. The other thing that I've seen that's been pretty useful to some people is you can self-report utilities. So oh. you can call the bureau. You can add on your electric bill you can add on your phone bill or your what? cable bill no stop it you can it takes oh. about six months of oh. consistent payments for those to start oh. helping well, your scores improve okay. but it's the same with those as it is with anything else if you do not make that payment on oh. time what? they will negatively report and they will give you a bad score Okay. So, so if you auto, if you set everything on auto draft, like yeah, I do, and same. you don't miss a payment, no. then, that then that's could, a way without taking out a credit card. You could, I didn't know you could do that. Yes. So you can and kind so, of zhuzh up your score that way. Yes. Some of those, um, utilities, they will only report to one bureau. So you have to call and make sure that they, that if you're going to report more than one or two, that they report to several of the bureaus, not just one. Oh my God. I'm going to do that. Cause that's like that amazing. would help. Cause like the thing that's interesting is like, so I have a car loan. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, that's done nothing for me. And what I pay that. I think you should do, Nicola, is I, I have my junior should... credit person over here on your right. I mean, she's taught me some things. I sh you know what? That's my next career. That's my next career move. I'm going to just apprentice under Crystal and I'm going to start doing home loans. Okay. Anyway, actually, you know, I could. Could you see it in I'm... my Biggie Smalls t shirt? <laughs> you know, I could. Can I do that? Yeah. Um, I think you should do the card thing and or even so my my what i got was and i got this years ago and i don't ever think to use it but now i'm getting better about it because my the one to do the house is do like uh i don't know american airlines if you like to travel you don't travel <sighs> i don't no, like traveling don't i like buying shoes. i like to travel get so i use my give you one something where back. i get points and um but even like if you bank with chase a lot of times yeah. they have the two percent cash back or whatever card so that way you're like building your credit, you're paying it off the next month, but you're also getting a percentage. So it's like free money going in there too. But I do my aviator card. So I get, so I get miles for travel for and free. So, yeah. You just basically use the card, you pay it down the next month. So like gas, groceries, whatever pay it, you know, you pay it down the next month. So do you just like leave 10%? Um, so they used to say it was 50%. Then they went to 30 
it's really 10%. 10%. Mm-hmm. So just like pay it all the way down to just like 10% being there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you do that consistently mm-hmm. and over a few months, you'll now, start to see the scores increase. So then that's my next question, like to establish it and then to get to a place where you can do a first home loan. Mm-hmm. How many months do I have to... You really want to show like a 12 year. month. That's, that's oh, okay. And then you also have to have three trade lines. What is that? Three trade lines would be three reporting items to your credit. So you have a car loan. I have a car. So that counts as one. Oh, man. Well, so you need to get that other credit card open. Okay. So, so really a, card a card would be. Card, yeah. Yes. So that's a second. And then like, yes. what's a, a third? Get a second card or you could do the self-reporting utility. Okay. That would help. Okay. So that, that counts mm-hmm. as its own trade yes. line. With credit, it's consistency. Well, that's fine. Consistency on paying the bill on right. time and keeping the balances low. Just you can even set your credit card up on auto draft. So mine, all my cards are set up on auto draft. So they're, they're, I never miss a payment period in case I get sidetracked and I don't. It'll never miss a payment. But I'll go in normally, like if I just auto like set it at a hundred bucks because I know I'm for sure gonna use that. Oh, card, and it'll just like card. draft it every month. And it'll draft it, and then you could always go in at the end of the month or after the payment's taken out, see what the rest of the balance is, and then pay, I'll pay more. More. Mm-hmm. That's normally to what keep I it do. at like so the ten percent. I know mm-hmm. for sure I'm gonna use it for gas or whatever. So I know a hundred bucks. Right. For sure you like at least auto draft out clear, like whatever their minimum. And then you kind yeah. of like and do the pay rest. extra. If you, you know, say I spent 300 on it that month and I'll go and I'll do another 125 or 150 <sighs> to honestly, to it's just like, so that is why I've just liked having my debit card <laughs> because it's just, I'm a one track mind and I'm like money, money, card, card. <laughs> just set everything on auto draft that like your bills and your, you gotta like, get artsy with easy. it. There yeah. might be, I'm not a hundred percent certain. So somebody could probably DM and tell us if I'm right or wrong, but okay. there might be a, like a visa target card, maybe one that you actually can load funds onto oh, like a preloaded card, uh, yeah. but it reports mm. yeah, there are so those. as yeah. you use it, it's your money but it reports to the bureau. So it kind of acts like a debit card, but it's a credit card. Correct. Oh, huh. yeah. I forgot about those. Those are out there too. Oh, okay. Well, interesting. So that's an option. Something to look into. I'm not hundred yeah. percent certain if those work the way that a normal revolving credit card does, but it, it might be something to check out. Now, an interesting question for you, um, because the clients that we work with currently and Soon we will be transitioning into being residential agents as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and going that route for all of our clients that we currently have. Um, but a huge hesitation that a lot of these people have, which I think is interesting because I know it's in a different arena of credit and I hear it all the time. I hear either a student loans. Oh, I have student loans and my, my Fuck debt for my student loans, loans is da da da. And for leasing, it doesn't really affect you. The other one I hear a lot is like all pertaining to health, medical, medical. Medical, So what is, what is your take on school loans negatively or positively affecting you? And then, um, the medical. Medical Yeah. So we, there's so much information on both of those topics. So student loans, and I'll try to keep it kind of really bullet pointed with this. Yeah. So if the student loan is not deferred, Got it. For 12 months past your close date, uh, we have to count payments. And there's a lot of different factors in there. So if you have a $10,000 student loan balance, we're going to have to count payment. A lot of the um, 
government, so FHA, USDA, VA, they they all have changed their guidelines on how much we ha- can collect per payment per month. Okay. We have to show a payment um, on conventional, and I think it's Freddie, Fannie. They're they're changing mm-hmm. their guidelines on those. One um, percent on Fannie and Freddie. If it reports a payment mm-hmm. and it's lower than a one percent threshold, we can actually use the lower payment. Interesting. So it really just depends on how we structure that loan on what we have to count for a payment per month on student loans. Those should never be um, a factor that you you decide up front that you can't qualify because you've got too much student loan debt. And I'm sorry, did you say that that's after closing or that's prior to closing? So if you're closing, let's say it's September now and Mm -hmm. you're closing on your new house in October, it needs to be a year from when you close. What happens if they do it? Like, sorry, just devil's advocate. So if they're showing in deferment, then we don't have to count a payment. So if you've got a $100,000 student loan, and right. it shows that your payment is deferred 12 months past your close date, we don't have to show a payment for that. Oh. So do you believe in, because I get like, because I still have like, well, honestly, I just need to pay it off. Student loan debt from beauty school still from fucking forever ago. I yeah. Just, like, it's used to pay it. I know. It's only been like 15 years or however long. Um, I just fucking refuse to pay it. I don't refuse to pay it. I pay it, but I'm just like, there's been times where I could just pay it off, but I'm like, I don't want to fucking spend my money on that. Yeah. But I keep getting these calls ever since COVID about student loan forgiveness. You qualify for student loan forgiveness, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if it's a scam. So I never call them back. I always assume those are scams. I, I <laughs> am an advocate for paying your bills. Yeah. So you I mean, graduated. I pay them. You... I just like pay the fucking bare minimum. And that like is $130. And so you'll do month. that then until you're gray. <laughs> and that is okay. <laughs> Yeah. If you make that payment, that that yeah. is great. I just the, pay the bare minimum. The problem is, is the people that stop making their student loan payments. Mm-hmm. And if oh those go into collection, mm-hmm. yeah. then you can't get a government loan. The ha- oh, okay. There are certain requirements when you're trying to purchase so the a house. student loan forgiveness is real. It's a real thing. I don't have student loans. Oh. And I I don't have a lot of buyers that have even talked about a forgiveness okay. I don't think that that really I is mean, a thing. I think those okay. are more leaning towards scams than they okay. are like legitimacy. Okay. I'm like, I don't want to call them back. I, like I would say just pay it. And if you don't, then, you know, you, you know, just I keep on $6,000. The so little engine that could that Missy, like- you just keep paying that bare minimum and you just pay it for the I've next 50 paid years. It like at least, I mean, I've paid it down, but fuck it just, you know, it's so stupid. I'm like, I don't even do hair anymore. Why should I even have to pay this still? <laughs> I'm not even utilizing Bitch, it. Yeah, I, oh, Lord. <laughs> I know. Okay. So then the medical, medical side of things. Stuff. Yeah. What does that look like? So when I have buyers that apply and maybe we're a little bit short on the credit score than where we want to be. Sure. Let's just say we're at a 660 and our next bucket for great pricing on the interest rate to 680. Okay. And we have a few small medical collections. Typically I'll advise buyers to call. Mm. pay that $20 medical collection. And when you call the collection company, because I'm going to give you the phone numbers on where that's reporting to tell them I'm willing to pay this balance in full, but I want to pay it for deletion letter nine times. Interesting. Out of 10, those so there's medical, like a, yeah, those medical collection companies, they'll send you a letter saying it's been paid in full and due to extenuating circumstances, this has been paid and we're now going to remove it from your credit report. Mm-hmm. So it's ding, 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 not ding, ding. amount. It's not about just paying it and showing that it's paid to zero. It's about having it completely removed from the report. Yeah. So 
couple years ago when I uh, was entertaining the house thing, I had my credit pulled it was before I talked to Crystal about it. And there was a couple of medical things. I called, I paid them. I had them taken off or so I thought. Oh no, they two lied. Them, two of them sent me letters. And I think there was one when she pulled, it was still on there. And I'm like, no, this has a, like, I know I paid this, but they never sent me a deletion <sighs> letter. So they never took it off. And so it's still showing on my credit report, even though it's like been paid. No way. That's bullshit. This is, this is like two years later. So it's right? key. If you're going to pay. You have to get that letter. You're going to pay it. Because yes. she was saying that if you get the letter, then she can go. You yeah. Can call so we can like, do a rescore. Oh, for sure. And we can yeah. send that letter into the credit bureaus and we can have it completely removed. Well, because it's like yeah. a proof. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I like that. So I, I have to now call that company again and shit somehow find the old paperwork i guess or somewhere whatever but it still should show on the hand that it was paid right. two years ago whenever that was but they have to now i have to hound them to give me the letter so that way i can give it to her Ugh. and they can make it the change and i'm sorry for y'all that's gonna have to take that call from missy because she's shit. awfully spicy Let me and she won't stop you. until she gets that letter she'll hunt you down and i'm gonna come for ogle too still uh -oh. <laughs> i'm just kidding ogle, oh, it's no. like ogle listen take this shit away Ugh. let's just I go ahead and call it a wash i was never here you were never there honestly <laughs> i don't even do hair anymore i shouldn't have to pay I don't even do hair and I have two daughters and I still don't do their hair. Oh man. I don't cut my boy's hair. I, they, I take them to get haircuts. I don't even do hair and I do my mom's hair. So how about that? Oh, God. That's twisted. <laughs> there we go. I'm just going to add to it. Honestly, I could see you and Kyle in the kitchen. I'm not going to lie to you. Repping out them highlights. No one would really come to me because I don't think people would trust a one-handed stylist, but I know how to lay down some mean highlights. She so can, She can cut the coils. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Just like take my word on it. I'm actually really good. Her hair looks great. People Honestly, ask her all I the time. I guess that. I know. Oh, I love that. I'm like a proof of it. Proof for it didn't happen. I'm going to show you photos. Honestly, yeah. It's... I need to be there the next day just to sit and drink. I'm not kidding. Kyle, you know how savage Kyle is. I know. She would tell me, she'd be like, you messed up my hair. <laughs> and she's like, you're the only person that knows how to do my hair. Oh, Dang. Right. And there's okay. the mic drop. And there it is. <laughs> well, that's a be said, guys. I hope that this was informative for y'all yes. as much as it was for us. Um, tune in next time. And if you have any questions for Crystal, go ahead and send us a DM on our Instagram at Don't Call Us Pretty Podcast. And we will attach her business contact info. So oh, in the show way, notes. Um, what I did with her best thing was to just set up a consult, kind of tell her what your goals are time frame wise. If you're wanting to get into a house or if you just want to clean up your credit and then she can kind of walk you through the steps and help you. Like it was so easy. She just literally, I gave her the info she needed. She ran the report and then broke it down for me, like line by line, what I needed to do. Um, so are you taking care of that stuff? Yeah, Crystal. Uh -oh. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> She's like, um, yeah. If you need an accountability partner, Crystal is the one. <laughs> make sure that you tune in next Tuesday for our next episode of Don't Call Us Pretty and make sure that you leave a review and give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you want to rate us and, you know, like give us stars. Like just do that. Just like give us stars today, right now, you know? <laughs> Bye. Till next time, stay pretty, ladies. Make it clap.